Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi and welcome to episode 5 of 101 Part-Time Jobs, the podcast where we get to hear about the weird and wonderful part-time jobs of our favourite musicians and comedians.
This time we've got Alex from Wonk Unit. Alex is an entity of his own, a character, and never shy in front of a microphone, usually delivering poems about plastering, shitting in his nan's house, and that sort of stuff. During the time they were recording their new album, Terror, I went to his house in Croydon, South London, to skate his back garden pool and do one of these podcasts. We ended up talking about all sorts of things, things that I never knew despite knowing him for years, and some stories which are pretty unimaginable. Terror, the new album by Wonk Unit, is out now and you should definitely get it. Ratty, skate punk, London-inspired chirpiness. I love it, so have a listen to it after you've listened to this. Now, Alex Wonk Unit. Signature Brew is the official beer of 101 part-time jobs. Where did it start then? Uh, It started 20 years ago, 1996, after... Flying Medallions, my old band, we had a bad tour bus crash, ended the band. And then when, so I'd gone from a professional musician to being a miserable bastard. And then my dad made me come and lay before him and move a load of crazy paving. And that became my start into building. One thing I always thought from your poetry, from wonky knit lyrics, from sort of a bit of everything that you do, is that you really like found this, I want to say theatrical, but this sort of comical side of like plastering a wall I feel like listening to some of your poems that I've almost like plastered half a wall myself yeah well it was was also the fact that you know I was you know I was doing you know manual labor I was digging holes getting destroying my body but but at the same but whilst doing that you know I'm thinking poetry I'm thinking creative writing I thought there was a kind of irony in it which was hilarious I thought it was quite funny you know and also just the fact that the way you know builders are perceived as working class thick as pig shit thugs and sun readers you know and I always thought that was quite funny we turn we turn up to jobs and you know your your people look down their nose at builders and I always thought it was quite amusing you know there's me this this little art this artist you know this creative you know yeah I I like I think it was that irony that created my poetry and it was funny Shakespearean building poetry donkey the damned upon the scaffold the wind cuts through Wood Pigeon, all of those poems, they started as poems. I'll have to check them out. Yeah. The first uh, poem I ever wrote was, uh, I'm a plasterer. I'm a plasterer, yeah, a plaster. I can stick ceilings on the roof, stick bricks together, stick wood on your fucking mooey. I can spin around in circles, bang my head on the fucking stairs. Yeah, fuck off, go screw your wife, lucky bastard. So that was the first poem, because obviously... Yeah, you're always working for these people and they've got hot wives and the, the, the banker goes off to work and then the wife's, you know, flirting with you, you know, with the builders. Oh, oh, she likes messing with the builders. And one of the things that always disappointed me, you always hear tales of builders' tales of, you know, of builders getting into strange, crazy sexual, you know, th- you know situations with, you know, horny housewives and stuff like that. Oh, you know, and that never happened to me. <laughs> Every other builder's always saying, oh, you know, I was doing the shower. And, uh, yeah. you know, I was doing a shower. She walked in and, you know, she took a bath in front of me. You know, you hear it's those stories. So it didn't, didn't ever happen to me. I was very sad about that. Do you take the business onto, into your own hands? Um, I never liked the idea of running my own company because that's just extra work. So, But because I'm a skilled bricklayer and a skilled plasterer, like, I'm highly skilled. So other builders around London would just get me in for those. Yeah. How long did it take you to get to that point? Uh, I probably um, so I learned to. It was over a period of you know a few years, you know. But like everything, you never stop 
learning, progressing. You know, I say bricklaying is a skill. Plastering is a skill. You'll always get better. And, you know, the more you do it, you just get better and better. So, um, yeah. But yeah, it was a few years of learning. I started taking on uh, jobs, you know, taking on skilled jobs at labourers' wages to get the experience. And I learned to, learned to do it that way and then start charging, you know, proper dosh. How did you find doing, like, being a being a creative, doing band stuff between that? Does it is it as easy as, you know, take time off because you can? Building is the perfect industry for a, a creative, you know, because, you know, you can, if it's, certainly when you work for yourself. So, you know, go on tour. I mean, for many years with Want Unit, it was literally a case of, you know, I'd work Monday to Friday, then Friday night I'd be out on the road, Friday, Saturday, Sunday gigging and back to work Monday morning, you know, killing myself. Yeah. Like, you know, that, but through that, you know, that was kind of seriously, you know, burning the candle at yeah. both ends, but it was through that tiredness, which actually wonk, the, the wonk angle on all that Shakespearean shit came from, you know. I, mean, I think, I don't think you ever really create when you're happy and well, you only create when you're knackered and miserable. So building's good for artists. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any accidents? I fucked my back. My, my, I've destroyed my back though from brick lane. That's the biggest one, and that's a huge thing. So from brick lane, brick lane for like ten years solid, I wrecked my back. Now about about a decade ago, I destroyed my bottom two vertebrae, and because of that, I then had to start taking um, painkillers strong painkillers which again has shaped my life in the last decade and taken me into another area of addiction and despair you know what I mean and funny enough the, 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 my, my creative writing these days is quite a lot to do with addiction mm. which you know it's painkiller addiction which did come from a building industry so yes I have fucked my back learn to lift properly <laughs> but that's a curse of all bricklayers bad backs and especially tall bricklayers that's why you generally see short bricklayers all bricklayers suffer bad backs, but me being six foot three, bending over, my back's ruined. Any specific jobs stand out? Oh, I had a funny one. I was in a Broadwater Farm Estate doing up a flat, and uh, they had a lodger. And what was his name? Edward. And the owner of the flat didn't live there, but she'd allowed this guy, Edward, to. What's his name? Edward allowed him to stay on the sofa. And he got it into his head that it was his house. And we'd come in to do work and he would be like, get out of my house, you're ruining it. And we was like, no, we're doing up the house. And anyway, he ended up holding a boiling kettle of water over a, who's a, a Christian's head, one of, my, one of my other building mates, yeah, over, you know, over his head whilst we called the police to get Edward. Yeah, he had, he had an ice pick and a kettle of boiling water. And, we, so, and, we, and he was just, you know, we're trying to work with this psychopath, this lunatic. This is not the best. This is not the best. I remember that. But, and had the police had to get him in to have him removed. Wow. Yeah, that was quite scary. Yeah, I can imagine. But, I mean, you always me. Oh, I've had people knock me. I remember, you know, people knock, kn- you. knock you for money. Oh, you right. know, wankers, you know, yeah. you're doing jobs. Trip and, you off. Yeah, that's always been... Well, I suppose that's the kind of thing, because, like... <clears throat> There are going to be wankers that that will be like, oh, this isn't how I thought it would look like. Yeah. I'm not going to give you all of it. Is that was that what happened? Luckily, it hasn't happened many times. But in the past, we've met some right wankers where you know you come in, you price a job for a drive. That man in particular, he was, I think, he was a serial uh, chancer because he had a technique. So what he did was, 
when we said you owe us, my initial reaction was to fucking lose it because I got I'm a quite a, you know live wire. And I was like, what are you fucking talking about, mate? And then he turned around straight away and said, I'm not paying you for anything. Yeah. So then it's just, so then you go back. So we ended up being happy just to accept the five grand. Yeah. And right. and he got yeah. the rest of his work done for nothing. But God intervened on that, that oh, job. Yeah. yeah, it was really weird. I remember he called about a year later. And strangely, the bricks we'd used on his drive, for no fault of our own, but the, the bricks we'd used, there was obviously a bad batch from the factory or something, because they disintegrated. Brilliant. I do believe you can put stuff out there. You know, so, uh, as I say, with my old band, the Flying Medallions, we were a band, we reveled in chaos, we reveled in controversy, we pushed it to the max, yeah? We courted destruction, violence and death, yeah? And, and the whole thing around the, our, our tour bus crash and the death of Dougie and the injury of Stuart and all that, that was... We put shit out there, yeah. And um, so I think, and, and so when I started Wonk Unit, it was always very much, I'm, I'm gonna be positive. And that's always been, I've, I've been a very positive person mm. kind of through my music, because I believe you put good shit out there, you'll get good back. But if you put shit out there, you'll get shit back. You're a very inclusive band. Yeah. I like that. You yeah. know, what, what, no matter what age, you know. You know, I, I, I make music purely for myself. And I, but I, I love people. I do like people. I don't mm. give a fuck. I, I, I don't give a fuck who you are, what you are at all, as long as you smile. But yeah, I do believe though, put, be good to, you know, put good shit out into the universe and you'll mm. get good stuff back. Um, no, yeah, I but don't. I, 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 when I hear young bands in their lyrics and stuff, singing about, you know, death and wanting to kill themselves and all that sort of shit. I'm like, no, don't put that shit out because there was really spooky stuff with the. Do you want to hear about the medallions? Yeah. Shit? Okay. Medall- like talking so about medall- it. medallions, like we, was, I say, we was young, dumb, stupid, punk rockers, didn't give a fuck. We just, we just fucking, we were mental, you know. But when we released our album, um, first thing you hear on the start of the Fly Medallions album is a sample of a car crash, which leads into the song Boy Racer. So that was on the album. Put the mm. album out. Um, Dougie, our bass player, he uh, got a uh, uh, tattoo of the Grim Reaper done on his arm. And uh, we, we had the first year, we, had, we did that, we, 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 then what did we do? We had about a year, we was doing a year. Everything was going really cool. And then we got sort of a bit bored and we arranged a tour to mainland Europe. And, we, and it was when the Stone Roses had just released the second Cumin album. And I worked for... for um, a major record label at the time so we joked we put out this fake press release that we'd crashed and died whilst we was out in Europe and we were saying but what we did we then said we'd release a new album the, the second Kumin we were just taking the piss do you know what I mean but we put out this press release that we crashed and died and, and Stewie one of our singers wrote a song I want to be in a coma because it's great yeah so anyway we went to Europe um, we had a tour bus crash Dougie died, so Dougie did the Grim Reaper on his arm, he died in accident. Stewie, who'd written a song, I Want to Be in a Coma, because it's great, literally weeks before, awful head injuries, went, was in a coma, lucky to survive, and, that, and actually is still affected to this day. Mm. And it was just, it was just, you know, as I say, the, and the sample to start the album, it was just like, and, it, and when it happened, when the crash happened, and I survived it, you know, because, you know, the van rolled and rolled, tyre blew out on the motorway. 70 mile an hour, hit the central reservation, boom, yeah, but there was, it was a van, we was in a minibus where there was no, 
splitter, solar amps were just it was and it was like an old scout bus, so the benches were down the side. So um, all the instruments was with us, all that huge amps were with us. So as it flipped and rolled and rolled and rolled, uh, you know, Dougie and Stuart both flung out the side windows as it was rolling. But it's the one alcohol actually saved my life there because I was passed out at the time, asleep. So I woke up to me being flung around the van. Yeah, but because I was going round with all the amps and weren't fighting against it, I weren't holding on. Yeah, you know, I was just going round and round and round with everything. You know, in this maelstrom of fucking, yeah, carnage, and it was weird. And so then suddenly, so I got knocked out in the in the sort of the, the spinning and flipping. So we rolled for a long, long way, and I ended up we ended up sliding on the roof of the van upside down, just along for ages on the motorway. And so I was, and I came round then. Yeah, after being like that, and I was just like hearing this screeching metal, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, what? you know, I'm gonna fucking die, you know, because I was like, "Oh," because you, you know, from waking up to that, you know, what the fuck's happening to so the realization, you know? And then when the van stopped, you know, I was like, I started laughing. I was like, "Oh fucking hell, I survived that," you know. And as we I crawled out of the wreckage, I'm all laughing. I was just like, "Fucking hell," you know, another you know crazy medallion mishap you know and then we sort of come along the road and then I see, I see Dougie and Stu and that just fucked on the road and everything like that and then it was just like oh we didn't survive that at all so yeah spiritual side mm. yeah put good shit out when did you stop drinking? Uh, 1999 how many years after that was that? so after the medallions the crash with the medallions was 95 and then after the crash that's yeah. when my drinking and yeah, and can't think. Re- I mean, my, I was drinking. I was an alcoholic. I knew I was an alcoholic at like fourteen. Yeah. Um, but um, so I was. I was twenty seven when I got sober, which was nineteen ninety nine. That's quite a few years on it. Yeah. Yes, but it was after the crash. So from ninety five to ninety nine, that's when my life spiraled into insanity. You know, and I, I've ended up mindless. I remember like one for from quite a few years. There was a. There was a load of fly medallion stencils all round Soho, stencils on the wall, spray paint stencils, and that had happened one night where we we, we was at work based on Piccadilly next to the Hard Rock Cafe, and at sort of like at three o'clock in the afternoon, I dropped acid, and uh, we finished work at five thirty. So three o'clock we dropped acid, me and Christian, and by five thirty we're we're starting to come up. You know, it takes a little while for the acid to kick in, you know. And we started cut, tripping in, tripping hard. And we had a load of bunt lac, which is like the, the spray paint of, of, of graffiti eyes. And we had this fly medallion stencil. And we were just fucking gone. And because we were so gone, we didn't give a shit. And first of all, we come up to Hard Rock Cafe. We'd go, Psh, yeah, we spray on the wall, fly medallion stencil. And it's like, oh, that looks good, yeah. This is a Friday night, London, middle of London, yeah. Walked along. And we graffitied, we stenciled up the whole of Piccadilly, yeah? And we went, like, like everywhere, just, just bold as brass. There's people walking past us and we're spraying up every fucking wall along in Piccadilly, every lamppost, every wall with this flying down in stencil. And by the time we got to the Haymarket, um, I got to Piccadilly Circus, yeah? Our stencil was sopping wet. Now knackered, yeah? Because we'd, we'd done about 100 stencils and we'd done like about... Ten cans of bundlack. We had this bag, yeah, but we were deranged, completely deranged on acid by this time and booze as well, yeah. And uh, 
so there was the AA building at the, the AA office or shop at the top of Haymarket. And we just stood there and we just sprayed the windows of the AA building on a Friday night. The flying medallions. And we just didn't give a shit. And we just, but because we were just doing it, you know, and laughing and smiling and just without even a, a thought, yeah. No one approached us. I think maybe people thought we was allowed to do it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But we just did this. And we, <laughs> and I remember we were carried on and, and then the, light, the night gets really hazy. But then I remember the next day I woke up. And it was Saturday morning and I woke up in my hotel room down in Victoria and the hotel room was covered in spray paint, yeah, and I was covered in spray paint from head to toe and my clothes were covered in spray paint and I stenciled myself, yeah. Okay. So there's flying medallion stencils over the fucking room, over me, yeah, and I'm just like, what the fuck happened, yeah? So then I had to turn my clothes inside out, yeah, <laughs> turn my clothes inside out, a little fucking scarf out that and, and get home. And that, and that was, and I remember going back to work on the Monday and just suddenly seeing this graffiti all over Soho, all down, you know, Piccadilly, and just like, oh my God. And we spent like a week waiting to get arrested. Now waiting for CCTV or something, you know. We yeah. wait, waiting to get well, arrested. We don't do something like that and yeah. then think like, oh, it's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. And, and it never happened. It was just so weird. It was just like, and that was kind of like the whole thing with the medallions. Like we got away with fucking murder. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.